I'm here with Jen Harper, CEO of Cheekbone Beauty, founder of Cheekbone Beauty. Both. What's your title? Both. <laughs> okay. Founder and CEO. Um, and of course, we're here at the Better Business Podcast. Um, the purpose being to help you have a better business. Very simple. There are tools and strategies and experiences out there that people like Jen have that they can share with our audience, you guys, and uh, you can take those and use them in your own business. And uh, the reason we started the podcast and the purpose of every business I have is to make the world a better place. And because the business rate is so, the business failure rate is so bad, this is why we do the podcast because business can be better and it should be. So uh, please join me in welcoming Jen and, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a round of applause. I was so happy when you agreed to come on. I'm just so, so happy that you're here. I actually saw Jen in a women's health magazine and I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to talk to her. And uh, I was just telling Jen earlier when Steph got her on the podcast, I was like, oh, Steph, you're getting a raise and a promotion and a car. Good job. <laughs> so I'm so honored to, to have uh, to Jen here and she's going to introduce herself so that I don't miss anything important. And then uh, we'll get into some stories, success and some tips for you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, as mentioned, I'm Jen Harper, founder and CEO at Cheekbone Beauty. Um, I think that just means I do everything and I've just maybe been around the longest. We're still a startup, I say, and we're a really small team uh, of eight full-time people and then some part-time support and then, of course, some agency support in different areas. But the whole mission and vision of our brand from the beginning was this idea of helping Indigenous people and really youth um, see themselves in a beauty brand. And at the same time, we were making sustainable color cosmetics that didn't end up in a landfill. So this um, idea of making products better, I like what you said, just doing business better. We became a B Corp certified company last year. And that actually means we have a legal obligation to both people and the planet and that we put those things before profit, which is sometimes a tough conversation to have, but it's this, just these adding these concepts that one come from my indigenous roots. So our brand is based on three pillars. One, my indigenous roots, my indigenous heritage, which is I'm an Ojibwe woman, or I I call myself an Anishinaabe woman uh, from Northwestern Ontario is where my home community was and where I was born in Thunder Bay, um, but now reside in Southern Ontario where I've raised my family and we operate Cheap Home Beauty today. But, um, yeah, two kids. I'm a mom and a wife. And this this idea of just trying to make a business where Indigenous kids felt seen and represented, I think, was the whole idea. And then I got into the beauty space. Um, again, having no experience here, I was selling seafood at the time of having this incredible, crazy dream to start a brand. And, you know, the rest is history, but um, have just worked I think tirelessly and really hard for the last seven years to bring the brand to to where we are. So we're not only a direct to consumer, so an e-commerce platform, how we started, we're now available in 50 
to Sephora locations across the country, as well as soon to be in the next month, 600 JCPenney locations in the United States. And so now what we call in the world of business like that omni-channel, like having just different distribution outlets is really all that means. But um, yeah, so started with like next to nothing in terms of cash, like $500 from a little corner in my basement and, and just entered an industry that I knew nothing about. But then once I got here, realized there was so much room for change. Oh my gosh. I, you could not have said it better. I worked in the beauty industry for years, actually. And uh, uh, I remember implementing uh, two things. One was gratitudes every morning, every mm-hmm. employee and every student. And the other was 10 put-ups if you put yourself down. So if you said, anything bad about yourself, you had to say 10 things you liked about yourself. And if you couldn't, then the people around you had to tell you 10 things they liked about you. And they still do that, I guess. I've talked to some of the people from Aveda and, um, and it's, you're right. The industry is, has typically historically been the people we see on magazine pages Mm -hmm. are creating all sorts of well, I know myself as a teenager trying to look like that or trying to be that skinny or trying to, you know, that's typically been the history in the beauty industry. So I love that you have that perspective and, and you know, there's lots of room for change. So do you feel like you're making a change in the space? Like you, you, you introduced yourself very humbly with your small team and your small start and everything. But after seven years, tell us, like, tell us the reach, like, tell us the, because this is a huge company. This is helping a lot of people. This is reaching a lot of people. A lot of people are using your brand, your, your products. Um, major brands have you in all of their locations. Like this is huge. So do you want to add to that? Or did I just tell everyone how big you are? <laughs> I still, I, I mean, like when I think back, I'm like, oh, wow. Like sometimes I can't believe how far we've come in, in a relatively short period of time. Um, and certainly proud of the growth, but I think you you kind of said it. I think the impact we're making on my First Nations communities, and whether it's Inuit or Métis or any First People across the United States, and then Indigenous people exist globally. And I, I made this really bold statement in the early days of the brand that we were going to become a global brand because I was starting to learn that Indigenous communities have been impacted negatively in so many ways by by um, colonization and how we really have similar stories and how our families have been affected and and how that's gone on generationally. There's actually a term for generational trauma. And it was my own life experience and life trauma that really brought me to, to building the brand. And when I recognized that perhaps when we don't see ourselves represented um, it, it can be detrimental, but the funny thing is there's no science or data surrounding that. So when people are building businesses, we built them on models that have pre-existed, right? Like that's what, if you talk to any investors, they're looking for, I think the evidence that something has like that has been successful before. So what's interesting is when you're bringing something new to a space, you have no evidence that it's actually going to work. How do you when I, that? and it's, yeah, that's, it's a lot of, a lot of trust and I think a lot of passionate entrepreneurs are the ones that definitely have to push innovation forward and innovative brands. And we see that happen. Like we see the, you know, um, I'm trying to think like the face social media platforms of the world, um, 
Google, like Apple, all these really innovative organizations. And then now that I'm in the beauty space, when I think about innovation, when it comes to packaging and raw ingredients and how we're, we're seeing changes in those areas too, it just takes people to push those things forward. And you have to push past the people saying that it's not going to work because it's never existed. And so because I think our group and communities within the indigenous space is so small, so many people did not didn't think this would work. However, my only argument has always been, would you ever just say Lancome is for French people? Absolutely not, right? And nor is any other brand that exists. The assumption was we were making this, I think, in the early days just for Indigenous people. And I'm like, no, that would be in, you know, I'm not, it would be a really unwise business decision. You need your market to be a little bit larger. However, what I know about marketing is that because we were niche and we could focus on my indigenous roots and our culture, um, that would really separate us and differentiate us from what already existed in the beauty world because it hasn't. And the interesting thing about our culture is it's generally been appropriated by non-Indigenous people using our teachings, our past, our history, our stories to push forward their products. But unfortunately, no one involved in those organizations or teams are actually Indigenous, which is kind of crazy that we're now in a world. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, you know, very well-meaning minded brands. I'm I'm not going to call anyone out, but have have existed for years, but they, there's no indigenous ownership or leadership or even community connected to on, on any of these within these organizations, which is kind of crazy. So, and I'm only learning this is now that I'm in the business world. I'm like, what? Like none of these brands that you might've assumed where there was some indigenous connection really actually don't have any. So I, for the sake of our next generations and our communities, building a brand where where we were at the forefront of decision making and building and creating, that part I think is the most important to part to me as the founder and being here really as a way to um, help empower our youth. Literally from the beginning, that's what it's been all about. And I, I think when you are someone who's driven and able to continue and push through really hard, tough times because every entrepreneur knows that this is like the giant roller coaster ride of like those moments where you think you're on top of the world and then the next moment you're, you know, someone hasn't paid you and it's going to impact your cash flow. And just like there's so many days like that for all of us. And so you got to be someone to push through that. And I just think for Cheekbone Beauty, we wanted to be a brand that continued and just to show that for our kids because there is no um, recognizable like business people or entrepreneurs that sort of stand out throughout history that were really coming from communities that like where I came from or where where um, uh, any indigenous communities that I'm aware of. We've looked and the idea is also that for my communities, the businesses always had a bad name because if you think just with Canada's history alone, this is just one example in a major business, HBC, Hudson's Bay Company, and how their the history between Hudson's Bay Company and First People, not a great history, right? There was a lot of like uh, really bad things that happened. And so you could see why my communities and people like me and people that come from where I come from have a, 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 a negative feeling towards business. And I really, when I started this, I'm like, and business is business. And trust me, it's not, 
it's not like, yes, we're a family and all that sort of uh, language like that. But the reality is, can we build a business that really is trying to do good while being in business? Like, and I always still say it's a test. Like we're still trying to see if that's, if, if that, if we can prove that concept where can we build healthy businesses where everyone's getting paid, people are being paid fairly. This is done ethically. Um, the, the ingredients we source are sourced ethically. Even the human beings that are, you know, preparing our shea butter, we know that they're being paid a fair wage, um, all those sorts of things. Like every little detail, can we make a company that we know no human being is being impacted and that we're putting high quality ingredients, raw ingredients into the cosmetics that we make that are safe for both people and the planet and still have a healthy business yet to be proven again and try to be as sustainable as possible, meaning the packaging, you know, will it biodegrade? Will it be refillable? Can we reuse this? Will will it be compostable? There's all sorts of questions. Is the item we actually use recyclable? Because recycling is a total nonsense story. We've all been fed. Only 5% of the items that we put in recycling bins actually get recycled. And so being true to, to um, our audience and our community, like this is – these are sort of the steps we've taken to try to just make a better business and a better brand and have a better company in the world. But it's all, I always say it's still all yet to be proven because it's, we're still doing it. Right. And, and to show, I think people from my communities, specifically the youth again, like that it's possible to like have a crazy dream, bring it into the world, work really hard and support not only your family economically and perhaps your community. Cause Part of the original concept of our brand was always about giving back and really proudly we've been able to always give back. Regardless, we're still not profitable, but we're still giving back. So that's where you have to think, well, what does profitability mean actually in a business? Profitability means the company, of course, is at the end of the year walking away with some cash. But that cash generally has to be really large when we're talking about major corporations because they have stakeholders that want that money, right? And so um, the reasons why businesses are profitable and how they get profitable, it, sometimes I think are questionable. You can see right now in the state of the world in this impeding and pending recession and all of the that kind of language, you can see a lot of companies made major cuts, which not only impact humans, but also they're probably making cuts which impact the environment at the same time. And I think my favorite thing to always talk about too is like just being honest with ourselves as consumers. Like if we're buying a cheap product you have to really recognize what that means for the world. Like somebody is being impacted, whether it's another human being or the planet based on your decision to buy something cheap. And I, and, and, and I'm going to say that's generally in, in most cases. Right. And so I think this whole concept of like consumerism and buying less and using less, like those are truly the answers to to trying to become a more sustainable consumer. But it, um, it's at the same time, it's about being honest with ourselves about what kind of products we're purchasing. Yeah. And so many studies have shown that people like the majority of people want to buy sustainable, reusable, renewable, et cetera, like responsibly. But then there's other studies that show the percentages that actually do. So people are happy to say that they're doing that. But when it comes down to it, where are you shopping? And the, the real impact comes from where you're spending your dollars. That's totally, you know? So yeah, I think if, if we could together urge 
everyone who's going to see, listen to this on any of our social channels, on our email lists, our teams watch our podcasts, like just to urge them to really, like you said, get honest with themselves. And especially those who have children um, or who love kids. Like I love kids. I work with youth. Um, I don't have my own kids because I thought being a mom would be just that thing that was just a little bit too hard for me that I could never do. So I love being an auntie, but just having this message really profoundly echoing through everyone we know, everyone we love, everyone who's listening, like you're not doing anything by talking, but that's why you have to get honest with yourself. And And it's, yeah. And being like, if we, I recognize as a mom and someone who has to have a household budget, um, this means sometimes just making different decisions. It doesn't mean, you know, you can't, um, treat yourself to things or, or that sort of thing. I think, but I think it's just like, okay, I never thought about this honestly until I entered, um, entered this realm of this world of trying to create something that's more sustainable. But when you think about just like the, when we make a purchase and then you think of who is responsible for making that product and what organization did that. And so you really, you are really making a lot of decisions about the world we live in at every checkout. And it's really interesting when you like dive deep on that. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. But like, it doesn't matter what you say you do or how you act or the bags you carry or what it says on your shirt. It matters where you put your dollars. And globalization makes it possible for us to research any and every brand. Really? So it does. That's what we have yeah. to do is Google it before we decide to take it, you know? Yeah. So what made you want to become, uh, did you, I, I totally lost the term, certified as a, is it a B? B Corp. Yeah. So B Corp um, is an organization that, is push putting this concept up there like a force for good well but you like doing good while doing business right like that's their their whole mantra and big companies that I've really admired for years um one Patagonia like they're really mm-hmm. well known for their yeah. sustainable journey and their mission yeah and um there's lots of other brands that are part of the organization now um and I just you know, when we started this, recognizing that so many times we would go meet up these these different orgs or NGOs and be like, yeah, we want to partner. And they'll be like, okay, write us a check and you get our seal. I'm telling you, this is how it works. So they oh, just want your God. money and then you can put their seal of approval on their packaging. And these are big companies that There's many no of us checking? would write. No, no. And it's truly, honestly heartbreaking. And so what I love about B Corp, it took over a year, a year and a half, thousands of hours from someone on our team to, to work on this, dedicated to this project. And then the B Corp team is like vetting the partners and where we get everything we do made from the actual raw ingredient to the component, to the box, to the paper we use, to how much we pay our employees. Like Mm -hmm. our employees get paid a living wage for Ontario where we're located. Um, And, um, you know, annual raises and benefits and and like, so it's not, and and then it's about how much, what are your carbon emissions look like? What is this? So it's about every detail of how you run and operate your company um, that becomes included in this. And we scored 85 and a pass is 80%, right, from your first year. So this is our first 
year with the B Corp certification. And what I love about the platform is now we've created this system where when we analyze our work every year, it's now going to be about improvement. So how can we get to that score of 100 and even exceeding 100? Like that's our goal now to, to, to keep continue to just make better and different choices in order to make better products that are better for people and put, put those into the world. And it is, it is more costly. It's really expensive. I get so annoyed when you see people talking about how, um, you know, certain things people say are more expensive really aren't. And I'm like, well, this going down a sustainable path, it truly is more expensive. And, and you have to think about the reason being is when you pay people properly, the cost of that product that those people are putting out into the world is going to go up. Right. And so, and, and we're not just charging a price because like a lot of luxury brands, for instance, we know uh, to get a, a designer handbag or a pair of shoes, it could be the same materials, but if that without the designer logo, of course the cost would be completely different. And so we're not doing it um, to be in the luxury space. We're actually doing it because these are the costs in, in yeah. what, it, what it costs to actually create products in a sustainable fashion where people are being paid properly. And that's, that's a big part of it. So, um, two questions. One, if you had to put them in order, would you say it's people planet profits? Um, I don't, I don't know how it goes in the order of like what B Corp is called actually. You like now, Yeah. But I'm, I do like the idea of people, and planet going first. I mean, yeah. I think the planet is important, but I think I feel just as connected to human beings. I mean, I think they're equally as important, but I don't know, I guess if I had to put it in an order and it couldn't be equal, um, I would think obviously I'm a mom, I'm responsible for two human beings. So people are really, really important to me. Okay. Sorry for the weird question. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said. So we kind of talked about your story. Um, you keep saying we're not there yet, or like the test isn't over. We haven't proven it yet. Um, despite like where your products are and what you've accomplished. Um, and so what is going to be like there for you? What's going to be like, we did it. Now we have to set a new vision. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks. Um, and I think I don't know the answer 100%. I just, I think, um, I think when I feel like I don't have to worry every day about how everybody's getting paid, I don't know. But will that ever end? No. You ask any entrepreneur or somebody who's owned a business their whole life, like the market going into it and this like doom and gloom concept of a recession could make or break so many businesses. We all know that. And so I don't think there's like the, the one, like the, what if it got to, yeah, I just, I don't even know what that looks like. I just know I definitely want to be in a place where we are making enough to make sure everything's taken care of. And you're right. We are there. Everything is being taken care of, but there's still like those ups and downs. And I think that's every entrepreneur has that. I think for me, I started this and this is where I can really separate Jen Harper, the founder, from Cheekbone, that's the company, which is its own entity. It's its own thing. Sometimes I'll be out in public and people have called me Cheekbone Beauty, and I think that's funny, right? Because they're like, you're Cheekbone Beauty. I'm like, I'm actually Jen, but I'm the founder. Yeah, so I get what they mean and what they're trying to say. Um, but we're separate. But the reality is I think I will feel um, good, and I feel good. Now, knowing 
what we've done, what we've accomplished. And I've always said, regardless of what happens to Cheekbone Beauty, the company, I will be very proud of myself for just trying and continuing to try and not giving up at the end of the day. Because the I, I feel like the... And I know I'm not the only entrepreneur that feels this way. It's like always that impending like failure. Like, what if this doesn't work? Like, what if the company is failing? Did it? I think we all kind of live half in the celebration phase and half in the like doom failing. Everything's ending phase. When's um, other shoe gonna drop? <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah. like, but I still feel satisfied. You know, even say it all did crumble and. I would feel like I'm just proud that I started and tried. Um, I do have a weight on my shoulders because I feel like we're now here and our communities need to see a brand succeed. And so I would feel really bad because if I'm part of it and it didn't, then I would feel somewhat responsible for that as the leader and as, of course, as I should. But um, I still feel okay with myself. Like I wouldn't let that like destroy me as a human being, if you will. That's a good point. A lot of people's identity is totally wrapped up in their business to the point where, yeah, that could crush someone. And I had to separate. It took me a little bit because it does become a big part of you. And it took me just the last couple of years where I'm like, no, I have to be comfortable with, especially as you're making bigger risks, right? Um, As an entrepreneur and recognizing that failure could be a potential something outcome at some point. Um, and it does, every entrepreneur talks about the failures and when things happen. Um, and so I think just that's when a few years ago, I was like, okay, if we're going to scale as quickly as we plan on it, then I have to get comfortable with being okay with that. Right. Yeah. There's always risk, but I mean, you mitigate it, right. You have your financial plan, you have your marketing plan, you have your people plan. You had, you told me you exactly. a, great, a great investment partner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you have the world behind you. And even if you look at your social media posts, you know, like I saw you, uh, I think with a new lip color on one day or doing like the eyeliner trick, which I could not figure out, but uh, <laughs> looked pretty good on you. And I just saw like so much love and so much uh, engagement and encouragement and everything. And uh, it just, yeah, I, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I think you made it this far. You've made it past quite a list quite a lot of those bad statistics about business failure. And I don't think there's uh, another company or brand that I've talked to in 22 years of working with businesses that is so passionate and is fueled by such important missions and goals. Thank you. And yeah. And I mean, like I do this all the time. Sometimes my husband's like, um, when is it going to be good enough? You know, cause we're both big into personal development and, you know, hitting our goals and stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's set a new goal. And he's like, but can we celebrate like all these things that we already did? Yeah. Like, is it going to be, so I don't know if you have a little bit of that running maybe, but I do, I, hope, I do. Yeah. Guilty. I hope you celebrate. I hope you celebrate, <laughs> you know, like look back and celebrate that stuff. And that, that'll, that'll help your brain sell it, get more things to celebrate, you know, because our subconscious, when we don't celebrate, it's kind of like, well, why am I going to keep working so hard for you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm so glad you're here. So if you could give three recommendations or three bits of advice, and I'm hoping you're cool with this. We didn't plan this, but um, if you could speak to your youth, three things you want to say to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could speak to any entrepreneur that's listening, that wants to have a better business and whatever that means to them. Yeah. My favorite piece of advice to always give is about consistency. Um, 
when I look back, I'm thinking, okay, I don't have any like incredible skill set. I didn't have like a fancy education. Um, so how did this work? And I think just consistently waking up every day for the last seven years and doing something to push the brand forward has really just helped us stay in it and stay um, and be successful. And so it's, it's, it's really simple, but I think at the end of the day, if we just use fitness or health as an example with people struggling in those areas, you know how hard it is to stay consistently in, in, in your plan, whatever that might be. And so I think that's uh, it's a simple yet difficult task, but consistency is critical, I think to success. Um, Second, I, this idea of not giving up, right? Like despite the hardships, like Mm -hmm. life will throw us so many obstacles. Um, and we literally cannot fail if we don't give up, like failure can't happen. If we don't give up, we can have, you know, setbacks, we can have moments where we have fallen down. Um, but if we are determined and do not give up, it just cannot fail whatever we're working on. And that could even mean pivoting the idea somewhat to make it work. doesn't mean it's failing because you've pivoted. So yeah, I believe in just never giving up. And, and thirdly, this is where, you know, I know not everyone has this side of them, but I think this, this world is so much bigger than us. And I believe that the creator of the universe is, is, um, on our side and you can see it, you know, the moment you step into nature and just recognize that there's so many things out there so much, I think just recognizing how small we are in the grand scheme of things can just keep you grounded and humble. Uh, and I think humility is an art and a strength Mm -hmm. despite people would assume sometimes humble people are weak. I think it's a strength beyond measure. Yeah. Um, I admire the the human that doesn't say the thing they need to say or ha- or, or have that clap back that they pos- they told you know they have it they could do it, but they actually have the strength to just be silent and walk mm-hmm. away and in those moments. And I think it's my years of raising kids that really taught me that. And with myself on a healing journey for sure, where. I used to think I always had to have the last word <laughs> and you really don't. It's truly um, strength, strengthening to, to, to recognize just being silent is okay sometimes and just taking it all in. And loving, right? Like just for me in that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm, you're a little kid right now and like you're a toddler and I just have compassion for you right now. And don't say that to people, obviously, but I'm like, I'm going to go take a walk. And they're yeah. Like, oh, they're hurt. Again, you know? Whatever's happening to someone exactly. when they, when there is a moment where you feel like you need to do something in retaliation, it's the other part, especially if it's another human involved, you know, it's pain, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we always call it hurt in a skirt, mm. you know, try to lighten the mood. It's like, you know what? They're just hurt in a skirt. Like they're not really angry or mean or horrible. They're just, they're hiding it with this, you know, mm-hmm. surface level of anger or unkindness. But uh, yeah, so um, I know I promised you you'd be off by 12.45. So can you quickly give us your three recommendations for youth that you want to speak to? Sure. So the consistency, the never giving up, yeah. and just recognizing that there's something so much greater out here than us. And, and with that includes humility. I think it takes humility to recognize that. 
Awesome. I thought you were speaking to entrepreneurs with those. Oh, things. no. <laughs> but they're so they're, cool. Yes, they're so to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have three different things you want to say to entrepreneurs? No, I would give okay. the same advice. Honestly, yeah. I would. I mean, it's like someone asking that, what would you tell your younger self? And I think it's all those same things, right? Yeah. Especially, I think, for youth, the never giving up, right, is is big. Um because well, when so you're a kid, sometimes you just like want to throw it in and you do, right? You're like, I'm not trying that anymore. Like gymnastics or ice skating or whatever. Like, There's a lot of things I tried and I just wasn't yeah, good too. enough. So, like, but I realized, things. yeah, kids love to be good at yeah. everything. And it's just, you know, I remember with my son, it's like, you're not going to be as great as like the Wayne Gretzky until you literally spend those what the 10,000 hour rule on the ice just like he did so you have to do that in order to get that great I get that it sucks to do something you're not good at (laughs) I know I get it too yeah I'm just gonna insert one lesson here for all the people that are listening though because I remember going through a period where I was not enjoying work and you know by all when you look at anything of my metrics um maybe not the ones we talked about before but uh, by all means, I thought I was super successful, but uh, had a tough year uh, with my dad passing away and wasn't showing up the way I wanted to show up and uh, had negative scripts running in my head that I didn't even realize. And so uh, my counselor was like, well, why would you want to go to work if you don't think you're a good leader or if you don't think you're good at, at work? You know, so you have to have that positive self-talk and you have to look at the things that you do well and remind yourself that, yeah, you are going to get there with those 10,000 hours or you had a bad day, like focus on something. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or just treat yourself as nicely as you treat every other human on the planet. Like, please give yourself at least that much. Thank you so much for being here. I know you have such a super busy day and, uh, I really hope you feel my gratitude for being on the show. I and, do. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. And um, I'm going to let you go, even though I don't want to. But I hope everybody listening uh, really gets a lot out of this, starts to help you think, make better decisions. And uh, where can we find you? So social media places and website. And then where can people find your product? It's also vegan, right? Yes. So awesome. we, we say it is 100% vegan, clean, and sustainable. Amazing. Um, it's, we're at Sephora Canada, which is Sephora.ca, mm-hmm. and you can find us at 13loon.com or in 600 of the shop and shops in JCPenney stores in the U.S. And direct to the consumer? Oh, the from website? our platform, yes. Yeah. Cheekbonebeauty.com. I almost forgot about that one. The most yeah. important one. I'm just kidding. No, it is. Um, <laughs> and then uh, social media? Are you just yeah, we're we're anymore? at Cheekbone Beauty on Instagram, on Twitter, at fa- on Facebook. We're just Cheekbone Beauty, and TikTok. We're at Cheekbone Beauty. Awesome! awesome. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being here, and uh, hope you have the best day ever. And you are succeeding. And uh, I know there's a lot of people looking up to you, so I'm glad to hear that you're never, 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 never giving up. And uh, keep keep succeeding. And uh, I'll see you maybe in Forbes next. <laughs>